It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Your body is not a temple, it's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride. Anthony Bourdain. What an awesome quote, right? If we're worshiping or fixating on our bodies, which is kind of the same thing, that really doesn't help anybody, right? It doesn't help other people, doesn't make us feel happier, but having a blast and appreciating what we've got is rock star awesome. One of the many things I love about positive body image is that we end up judging and criticizing other people's bodies less and their looks, their whole appearances, as well as our own, which is really like magic. It frees us up to have more energy and time as well to um, invest in our passions, to find those passions if we're not sure of them yet, and to connect with like-minded people who truly care more about you know who we are as people than our outer packaging. I have two fantastic examples of such women joining me today who are experts in related topics for a conversation on one of my very favorite topics, embracing our bodies and selves. First of all, I am pleased to welcome our resident expert, Dr. Megan Fleming. In case you're new to the show, welcome, by the way. Uh, Dr. Megan is currently sharing tips and answering listeners' questions each week here. She's a sex and relationships therapist in New York City who specializes in treating men and women with sexual health and relationship issues, sexual dysfunction, sexual expression, and mismatched desire. She also has a wonderful blog and resources on her website, Great Life greatsex.com. Thanks so much for joining me, Dr. Megan. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. Always happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, So we've talked a little bit about this before. I think it's something that we could kind of endlessly get into, but what are some of the biggest ways you see that how we feel about our bodies influences our sexuality? Well, I think it's huge. I mean, I often say to people, the biggest sex organ is our brain. Um, And it's, if you think about it, if you had a cartoon bubble above your head, all the ways that we turn ourselves off often long before our partners or ourselves can turn ourselves on. And if we're not comfortable, the foundation of arousal is rested and relaxed. So if you're not relaxed and feeling good in your body, it's very difficult in any way to fully receive pleasure. Sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I feel like it's one of those things we kind of know about, but it doesn't get a lot of attention when we talk about things like, you know, lack of desire or, um, you know, all kinds of, of sexual and intimate issues, trust and all of that. Um, how, how do you see these issues deeply affecting um, intimate relationships? So like either between a man and woman or woman and woman? Well, I think, again, sort of carrying on that, it's just this idea that so often in our culture we finger point, you know, my sex life would be better. I'd have more desire if only he or she did X, Y, or Z versus taking ownership for all the ways um, that we're not comfortable or sexually empowered to be turning ourselves on or to create the energy to create the sex life that we want. And um, I just think that so often uh, it's our culture. You know, we see these uh, Hollywood versions of how we think we're supposed to look and we have that comparison trap. And therefore, we're not really just embracing in this moment exactly 
in this moment, the way our body looks and feels, what's so amazing, strong, and healthy about that, which, you know, in my mind is, can be uh, not only empowering, but is, is a foundational aspect of turning yourself on. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I could see that being sort of like the foundational, that, that's a really good word for it, you know, kind of like the starting point. Um, have you ever struggled with any of these issues yourself? I feel like most women have to some level, but, you know, like growing up or any time, have you ever done any work to improve your own body image? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm actually one of those. I've always sort of struggled since high school, probably actually, actually elementary school, because I, the guy I had a crush on, I remember calling me fat, though. You know, maybe it was five or 10 pounds. But anyway, in my life, I've I've definitely struggled with that. And I actually, as I've become a psychologist and sort of gotten to know my own self, I really became to recognize that I wanted to be known as a woman for my intelligence and not just a pretty face and how I looked. So for for better or worse, I think weight has held a function in my life. Um, and when I turned 40, and I'll be 45 this month, um, but when I turned 40, uh, I, I dropped uh, and, and consciously and purposely uh, almost 30 pounds, mostly through finding an exercise uh, spinning soul cycle that I love. Um, and I realized that we're all under the influence of what I call a narrative or story. I am, I'm not. And I had sort of always been that girl with the a little bit of extra weight, um, as I said, for reasons that made sense. But I think at 40, I realized, you know what, I'm empowered to realize the rest of my life doesn't need to look this way. Mm. And I was able to change it and make it different. That is so inspiring. And I love what you said about finding something that you enjoy, because I feel like that is what our activity should be. That's how our diet should feel. Like there's so much negativity, you know, if we hate the exercise, we're probably not going to do it. And then there's all this sort of guilt and shame wrapped up in it. And, you know, all of that is huge. And then also prioritizing what we want to value is, is really, really big. Um, speaking of fitness, our next guest today is going to be talking about, um, yoga and body embracement. Emily Nolan, she's a wonderful advocate for embracing your specifically your belly, uh, while you're doing yoga. But have you seen or are you aware of ways that like yoga and related stuff like, you know, meditation, mindfulness can help um, body image and kind of how we feel about sexual relationships? Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, yoga or mindfulness, it's all about in somewhat present moment, right, and acceptance, good or bad, it just is. And the thing about yoga in particular, any physical practice or exercise or um, is that you get to actually feel the strength of your body and over time what's possible. And I think so often our minds get fixed in a fixed mindset that we lose the awareness of possibility. And uh, it's really amazing when you take on a physical or mindful practice where you start to observe and see the changes, something that you weren't able to do a week ago maybe it's crow, crow to handstand, whatever it might look like. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, look what I'm capable of doing. And I just think that empowerment is amazing. I love that. The first time I experienced that um, was in my mid twenties when I was, I was modeling and acting in Los Angeles and I got this job boxing, like a, a gig where you would actually box and be filmed for this TV show. And it was the first time that I, I just felt you, you feel so capable, you know, embracing your strength instead of thinking calorie burn, but thinking what my body can do, you know, that's really, really big. Um, I, I also hear from a lot of people 
men and women who, uh, you know, want to support their partner in these kinds of issues, which I think is such a beautiful, um, you know, mission to have, but it can also be really delicate. So if you, for example, know that your partner has struggles with body image, how can you support that person and help them maybe feel more comfortable? This is an excellent question um, because there's really no great way to bring up that topic. And, you know, a lot of us are very visual in nature. And so when your partner, and I'm being empathic for my husband, you know, it's like, <laughs> what's he going to say? You yeah. know, exactly. Um, he's not going to say it's a turn off. So um, I think really just um, bringing attention to and, and enjoying together. Like we cook really healthy meals together. Uh, we like to rollerblade or go biking with our kids and uh, finding an opportunity to create a healthy lifestyle and enjoy a healthy lifestyle together because it's going to be a natural benefit that you're going to be more fit and in shape. Um, but I really think there's no really great, you know, women have a way of always saying, how does this look, honey? And, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, men feel the trap, right? Yeah. There's really no good answer or only one answer. Um, and so I think it's really about uh, helping each other find uh, practices that really support each other's health and growth, strength and flexibility. Sure. Yeah, that's so true. It's funny because I have some girlfriends who really honestly want like blunt, blunt answers and then many who don't. So I think like knowing, you know, knowing your partner and also, you know, not saying things or it doesn't even have to always be, I don't think about the words like you can, you know, bring comfort and, and enjoyment together without pointing out things like, how are you feeling about your body right now? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, super, super specific, but those are, those are great tips. Um, any other suggestions? What are some of the kind of big ways that I know different things work for different people, but if somebody wants to start improving their body image personally, what are some of the daily things they can do? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things I would say, and it could be body image, it could be any aspect of our lives, of life. It's like what we focus on expands and what we resist persists. So, you know, whether it's your partner or yourself, how do you actively bring attention to the things that you like? And if you think of it yourself, it's your journey and where you're going, um, focusing on what's happening and becoming or emerging versus what hasn't happened or what you're feeling stuck in. Um, I think our mindset is everything in terms of ultimately the feelings that we invite and allow and condition in our nervous system. So um, I think it's to just be mindful wherever we are in this moment. We just are, you know, the, you know, the scale is just a number and uh, I love when Emily Nolan says, the only size that matters is your brain and your heart, right? So mm -hmm. keeping your attention focused on the things you want and inviting and showing up for more of that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And tell listeners uh, how they can learn more about you or what's the best way to interact with you and find you online. Um, well, my website, greatlifegreatsex.com and Facebook, um, Oh, no, actually, Twitter, uh, at Megan Fleming, PhD, and I think you're better at my Facebook than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, if you just go to Facebook and, and uh, search for um, Dr. Megan Fleming, you, you pop right up. It's pretty easy to find. Okay, great. So. But I will <laughs> share a link to the page. Social media. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you've got a plenty of other wonderful expertise, though. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. And uh, 
we're going to be chatting again at um, our, our Twitter party coming up so everyone can, can join us there as well. Thanks a lot, Dr. Megan. Absolutely. Anytime. And I can't wait. Any, anytime. Any, you know, hashtag ask Dr. Megan. Happy to answer all questions. Beautiful. Thanks so much again, Dr. Megan. Before I introduce our next guest today, I'm going to share some of my own favorite tips for improving your body image. These are things we can all do. You know, different things work for different people, but I have found these to be really powerful in my own life and with others that I've worked with, friends, people I've mentored, all that kind of stuff. So whichever strikes you, consider, you know, working it into your lifestyle. The first one is ask yourself why you're really fixated, right? Poor body image often symptomizes something deeper like work stress or loneliness or fear of success or fear of failure, um, you know, relationship problems. Addressing those issues and simply asking why is a great way to figure out what those are. Our guts are really, really smart. Next, make a list of wonderful things your body does for you. This is so powerful because it's like switching from negative self-talk to gratitude. So instead of thinking, uh, like I've been, <laughs> like I said, giving up heels for a year. So part of my heel free campaign, uh, when I first, you know, put on flats to do things that I was used to wearing heels for, I stood up tall in the mirror and just thought about other things. Like, what am I excited about? And, you know, what, what do I really want to prioritize and value about be it my appearance or my emotional self? And it really does help. So gratitude is huge. Jot down in a journal, act on your gratitude, talk to people about it, say thank you more often. All that stuff's really powerful. Next, trash your scale. You know, weighing ourselves can seem like this useful way to track progress. And it's, you know, I think appealing because as kids, we get grades. Everyone loves stars. Everyone loves like an A plus. And we want some sort of, you know, encouragement or proof that we're improving. But our health is so much more complex than that. You really cannot weigh somebody's health. Uh, it's, it doesn't mean much. And women's weight fluctuate on average, up to eight pounds a day. So it really could be water that increases your weight. It could be a peeing that lowered your weight. So instead, think about healthy steps you can take to take care of yourself. If you do need to weigh yourself, just cut way back. You know, um, if you're working on fitness goals, think about things like personal strength, you know, energy, are you sleeping better, that kind of stuff. Next, trade fashion and fitness mags for something better. There are exceptions, but there's this really interesting uh, study that came out recently that showed that women read magazines that promote kind of unhealthy standards of beauty and dangerous weight loss methods as motivation, which makes sense from a, I mean, not a happy way of making sense, but, you know, it's, uh, we want sort of this pressure. It's almost like a bully in a magazine. And a lot of women will like put a picture of what they want to look like or whatever on their refrigerator, that kind of thing. But it actually works against us and makes us feel worse about ourselves. So instead, read and Powering nonfiction and fantastic fiction. Get your news from, you know, magazines that are more quality, like O Magazine, Oprah's Magazine is a great one. They actually use real people in their advertisements. Uh, Ms. Magazine is one of my favorites. Uh, health tips from qualified sources, you know, talk to your doctor or a dietitian instead of doing like a fad diet. Next, just breathe. In effort to present a flat stomach, right, many of us have learned to suck in. It's amazing how bad for us this is. Seriously, it's so bad for us. It causes stress. It can cause indigestion. Uh, it 
you know, lowers the feel good chemicals in our bodies and brains when we're all, you know, tense in that way. And it's a really difficult thing sometimes to get out of that habit. But when you notice that you're sucking in or holding your breath, just simply prompt yourself to breathe. It's actually really helpful because it may not seem tightly linked to body image, but actually when you honor your body's natural mechanisms like breathing, which naturally, you know, promotes emotional wellness, it goes a long way. Just give it a try. See what, see what you think. Next, give back. Volunteering also goes a long way. This is kind of related to the gratitude piece. But when you do this, it kind of gives us perspective. Uh, it shifts our mind out of this negative place where we're fixated on what we perceive as flaws. And we're more focused on gratitude and giving. And those are huge. You know, the giver usually gets more than the person receiving. Uh, the next one, eat a healthy, happy diet. And I know this is a really confusing thing to kind of figure out in our, <laughs> I just thought it a Canadian out. Um, in our culture today, we have such a bombardment of unhealthy diets that are called lifestyle plans. What you want is something that's flexible, something that emphasizes healthy, whole, natural foods, but also emphasizes pleasure, you know, doesn't eliminate entire groups of nutrients. Carbs are not the devil, I promise you. Uh, aim for, you know, 80-20 is a good one if you need some sort of guideline where 80% of your diet is really healthy and 20% is whatever. Um, you can also just think I'll have one treat a day or, you know, it, when we have restriction and we feel deprived, we tend to not only see ourselves as less attractive, but gain weight over time and have more stress and depression and anxiety and all those kinds of things. So just do your best and take it meal by meal. You know, we know if a diet is restrictive, it's something that you can't eat at a restaurant that you can't eat with your friends. Um, if there's a diet that leaves you hungry, certainly that's not good. It means your body's going to starvation mode. Number 10, exercise, but not too much. Physical activity, as we all know, boosts those happy chemicals in the brain, lowers stress, makes our bodies stronger, all those things. And that can all make us feel healthier and, and more accepting of our bodies. But we don't want to overdo it. You know, if we're spending an hour plus in the gym every day, unless you're a professional athlete, that's not a good thing generally. It's better to have activity in your lifestyle overall and finding exercise that you enjoy. You know, that's really important. I actually think that I'm in better shape now when I don't, you know, I'll go to the gym like two or three times a week. I used to be one of those like everyday people, you know, schedule your life around it, people. Um, but now I'm just active. I work out a lot with my dog, you know, just walking and, uh, I spend more time outside. I go hiking and it's not to burn calories or to look a certain way. It is to feel good, to be in nature, to connect with others, that kind of stuff. And I take a yoga class now, which I think is awesome. And I really think there are huge benefits to that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with, with our next guest. Lastly, pursue your passions. I will never stop saying this. It is so important in so many ways, including with our body image. One of the really sad common threads between people who have low body image, especially really severe low body image, is a lack of passion in their lives. I see it all the time. We can't fix body image issues and recognize 
our passions when we're enraptured by self-hate and illness, right? So even mild body dissatisfaction can hold us back. Um, But the good thing is you can start shifting that around by simply focusing on your passion. It's amazing. It automatically will start brightening up your life and For me, it's like, what do I really want to spend my energy and time and thoughts on? Do I want to, you know, be here in the studio talking to you guys? Or do I am, you know, more concerned about my body shape and size? I mean, now it's such an obvious thing. I want to be out feeling like I'm living a meaningful life. That is number one for sure. And I think that that shift happens both ways. You can either focus on the passion and the other stuff just kind of falls into the background, or you can focus, you know, less on the negative stuff and magically almost you'll start recognizing passions you never knew you had. So that's really, really important and super awesome and fun too. Lastly, if you're struggling, don't be afraid to seek help. There's no shame in having these issues. So many people have them. Um, It's actually, I think, a pretty sad thing that so few people actually do the work to embrace their whole bodies and selves. I think that there's this fear that if we do so, we'll end up really ugly, really fat, whatever, these negative words that kind of make me cringe saying them anymore. My next guest is Emily Nolan, the author of the award-winning blog, mykindoflife.com, where she shares inspiration for kind people. She's also the founder of nonprofit event Topless, a self-confidence tour that's founded on vulnerability and radical honesty. She's a new age role model that promotes health at every size. And by role model, I actually mean model as well, a fashion model, which she emphasizes through yoga. She has been tapped as Mind Body Green's top 100 of the world's most influential thought leaders for her work in promoting radical honesty and healthy body image, which is actually how I, I met you online, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I met you through your uh, healthy Belfi campaign. Could you tell us a bit of, about that? Because um, I had I found it to be very empowering. Yeah, it is. It's so funny. It's the healthy belly selfie. Um, some people call it the Belfi, but if you look under the hashtag healthy belly selfie, you can see the whole thread of really empowering pictures of women with their bellies exposed. And so the whole idea came from me wanting to redefine what healthy looked like in media and also just in body image in general, um, by showing women that there's there's bodies that are healthy that don't look like the cover of fitness magazine. And they're also well-fueled vessels for living life fully, and they're beautiful just the way that they are. And in fact, they're just as perfect as that photoshopped models body on the cover of the magazine that we're no different and we're just as woman as as every other woman. So the whole initiative was, it was quite cathartic for me. And that's how it started with a practice of self-love and how do I put action into my commitments of, okay, I love myself. And so the healthy belly selfie, in addition to my topless yoga event, which is a bras on bellies out self-confidence event, were both ways that People could put action to their self-loving words and commitments that we are always talking about, right? Like, oh, I wish I could love myself more or, 
oh, I do love myself, but what does that actually look like? So that's where it all came from. Awesome. It's such a great mission. And I know that (laughs) you have uh, a lot of personal motivation from your own experience that parallels uh, mine a little bit. We both went through, you know, a decade or so of uh, some pretty harsh battles with poor body image and and actually eating disorders. Could you tell us a little bit about that journey? How how did that start for you? How did your uh, poor body image kind of take root? Yeah, so I started with 10 years of eating disorders. And this is, if it sounds redundant, I'm sorry. I just speak about it a lot. So I'll try and be as vulnerable as possible because I feel like it's, I owe it to people listening that it feels real and palpable. But um, I've modeled at 16 different sizes. And so I've always had a very skewed idea of body image. And that led to oh my gosh, so many years of body dysmorphia, eating disorders like you had mentioned, plastic surgery, um, female athlete triad training at a high level for softball and playing through college. So I really struggled with my body image my entire life. And when I was modeling at 16 different sizes, I had this this moment where I realized that happiness was not a size. It was strictly a state of mind and a self-loving acceptance of who I am in this very moment. So my moment of transformation came from this idea of radical honesty, where I could accept myself honestly in exactly the moment I was in and to say, hey, this is day one. Everyone has a day one, including like mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong winning the Tour de France, although that's kind of a bad parallel since now he's like been taking drugs. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Um, I know what you mean, though. You get it. Yeah. And so, you know, just to say I don't have to look like anything other than myself it was a really transformational moment for me and that I can just be I can trust that what people say about confidence and how it's so attractive I can trust that that's true and try it, like try it on like an outfit. And so I tried it on and confidence looks really good on me. (laughs) And when I started loving myself is actually when I, and I say that like I kind of gloss over it and I shouldn't because I've always loved myself, even through eating disorders and whatnot. And I think actually because I've, I've loved myself, I did dive into these diets and like into obsessive workout plans and this, what a type A personality would do, right? Sure. Because I wanted what media was telling me was good for me. Like, oh, you should be gluten-free or you should be on this diet and carb-free and you should work out, you should do this workout. And when you go to the bathroom, do push-ups on the toilet seat. (laughs) Really random things, right? Totally. And, And I think... Now I feel intuitively I love myself. So I think there's a difference there. It's like one is a form of um, media-fed self-love that's rooted in comparison and judgment and wanting to be like everyone else, which is how a lot of us live because a lot of us, that's all we know. And then there's this other form of self-love that's strictly intuitive. and, And how would you define the rules if there were none? One of my favorite quotes that Antisthenes says is one of the most important things to learn in life is to unlearn what is untrue 
Mm. And for me, it is so true to my experiences that it has been the most important thing in my life, almost allowing me to reclaim life, to unlearn what I've read in media or what people are digesting socially, um, whether it's diets or workouts or whatever it is, and to just go to the beat of my own drum. I feel like it's so much more empowering. It's so much more beautiful and electric and attractive. So that was kind of where I started and my transformation from modeling and now into what I like to say is I would much rather be a role model than ever just a model. Sure. So that's kind of where my transformation lies. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And uh, I, I relate to much of it. You also brought up some amazing points and, and articulate it in ways that I haven't heard before. I love the idea of trying it on because I think there's a, a fear of stepping into that uncomfortable terrain of if I accept myself, oh no, all these flaws I see are going to be all I am or, you know, that I will just, if I don't do these diets, I'm going to become really unhealthy or something. And I think just thinking of it in those baby steps is so big. Did you find that once you had that moment where you decided, you know, I'm going to be radically honest and start trusting myself and loving myself in, an, in another way, was that journey, once you had that sort of epiphany, was it kind of like you turned the lights on and things were a lot easier or was it a very gradual process? Everything in my life has been a gradual process, including the journey of radical honesty. So I started by dipping my toe in the pool and now I can, I can just jump into the pool when I, when I'm asked to, or when I'm hosting topless, I can just jump into this uh, conversation with complete honesty, open book policy of my life and sharing with generous vulnerability. Beautiful. Um, go ahead. Oh, you're, you mentioned your, your topless yoga. Could you tell us uh, what that is? Absolutely. So topless yoga is my nonprofit yoga event. And it's actually, I mean, we do things outside of yoga. I just love yoga so much. It's a bras on, bellies out, self-confidence event where I share my story, which I'm sharing with the listeners now, and talk specifically to maybe one point in my life where I'll take the last event I took them through um, a plastic surgery that I felt like I was glossing over and I just always want to be radically authentic with my listeners with my readers and with my community and so I just felt like I owed it to myself to go back into this dark place and share this moment to close that circle for me and so I took them through like waiting on the operating table alone and what that felt like to actually think this could be it. And what would my legacy be if I left today? Mm. Like, have I left my mark on the world yet? Or is, is like, am I done? Is this it? Or because for me, like when I go under any type of surgery, I have a blood clotting condition. And so it's a bit, a large fear for most doctors that I could clot and potentially, you know, it could be fatal. And so that was a big fear of mine that I was actually willing to risk several times just to look a certain way. So topless was like, you know what, 
I'm no longer willing to go to that place. I survived it. Not that I'm a victim, but like I've put myself through this journey to understand a certain perspective. And now I'm going to share that with people so they never have to experience what it's like to find themselves in such a deep hole and find them with no, um, just with very little self-love for who they truly are. And because um, even plastic surgery came from, I'm kind of like going around your question, but I promise I'll answer it. Um, even plastic surgery came from a place of self-love, right? Because we all want to look perfect and we want our husband to be happy. Not that he was happy. He was extremely happy with me. And it was funny because we do these things like for other women usually because like competing or comparing or judging like I want to be this beautiful wife. Um, so anyway, topless came from the idea that if we just take our shirts off and practice yoga where we're moving our body intuitively, but to feel good and to be healthy with that intention and we can do it in a supportive environment, which yoga fits perfectly for that. I would just feel like it's some huge universal hug saying, mm -hmm. Hey, like, we're not judging you. We're here to support you. We're proud of you for just taking your shirt off and for being brave, almost like ripping the bandaid off and just letting go and breathing through your belly and trying for me, a lot of it too is rooted in fear. So I had a huge fear of taking my shirt off and I'm totally not alone with that, which is why topless is on tour right now because a lot of women and some men have a huge fear around exposing their midsection in public. Um, even the idea of like being bikini ready for summer, you have to diet before you take your shirt off, which is couldn't be more untrue, right? We're perfect totally. just the way we are, including in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so true. Like we, we have to like run around with our shirts on in the winter um, and never show our partner our midriff or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, it was just, it's such a beautiful event to take your shirt off, feel supported and accepted. And at the same time, it's almost a double entendre of like, we're topless, meaning shirtless. Um, but we're also infinite and we're letting go and we're exposing um, our heart because when you take your shirt off, nothing is covering your heart anymore. You're labelless, really. And there's nothing, I mean, sure, you have your bra on, but there's nothing that defines you like a brand that you're wearing. It's just you and your rawness. Mm -hmm. And that's so beautiful. And it speaks um, so loudly to empower your community. When I take my shirt off, I actually just wrote an article about the 10 reasons why you should take your shirt off in yoga. <laughs> awesome. And one of them, it was actually, I went for a run today and I took my shirt off and you can imagine running is probably, um, more difficult for me at least than yoga, because as you run, it, it doesn't stay still. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yoga is at least still. And so when I was running, I got two thumbs up from women when I was running today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's totally rad. I hope that my bravery of taking my shirt off can inspire them to open up to their own bravery and to share in this, wow. this journey. So it's, it's really such a simple movement that's become so powerful because it is that 
act behind the statement of self-love right? or the, the want, right? So it's giving people some oh, something to practice outside of just uh, manifesting like something by saying it over and over again, like a mantra or something. Wow. You're really inspiring me personally too. I'm sure many listeners <laughs> are going to love this, but I, uh, you know, as we're on these self, uh, love and self embracement journeys that I think when you go through something like an eating disorder or many different eating disorders that you kind of choose to live fully or you don't live at all. And so we get to this place and I thought, you know, I'm at this really strong place. I've been fully recovered past tense for many years. And then recently I decided to give up high heels for a year and I did it because it scared me. And when you were talking about taking off here and maybe you could relate, I think it has a lot to do with the modeling industry too. You know, like again, trying to just be the successful person. And I, you know, modeled for years and years. And I just, it's amazing to me what that brave, whatever is brave for one woman may not be the same brave thing for another. And just knowing that whatever you can do to embrace yourself and the rawness you mentioned, I'm going to think of that. I'm going to think of you taking off your shirt and running next time I take off. Well, I'm not putting on heels, but the next time I feel insecure (laughs) about feeling short or something. Um, I love that so much. It's just, it's just really, really powerful. Um, I imagine it's a really emotional experience uh, for people who attend because I imagine you know, most people who are attending have a reason, you know, they want to work through some of that insecurity or, or grow emotionally. Um, what is the experience like for them as, as, um, attendees? Ooh, that's a good question. And you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's different for everyone because all of our fears are different. And we all have similar experiences because fear is felt the same way in our bodies, but our stories can change. So a lot of us are working through different things. And I've had people that came up to me after class, oh, the stories, um, where they have never told anyone a certain secret and they tell me. Okay. And so one girl recently pulled her shirt up and showed me where she had breast implants for a guy and then three years later after they broke up she had been taken out and she had so much shame behind it because now her chest is not as perfect as it used to be right because mm-hmm. it's going to stretch a little now we're back and um shrinking and kind of sloppy or however yeah. she defined it and she said, though, it was the best decision she ever made because she feels like herself again. Mm. And um, that was that was the last topless. And we'll have tons of people admitting things. I have uh, um, people with also eating disorders, people that are struggling with body image, people that are obsessive working out and continue to struggle with diet and just everyone's on their own journey and most people will come up to me with tears welling in their eyes and just can barely get out of thank you uh-huh. because it's planted this seed of self-confidence within them where they feel supported enough to actually go into this self-loving place for once sometimes in their entire life. Wow, that is so powerful. And I think it's a great example, too, of 
one of the wonderful rewards of doing that kind of self-work is that it frees us up to focus on these passions. And you're so passionate about this beautiful work that you do. I've seen, um, I know you're on all the different social media, but on uh, Instagram, you're very active on Twitter. And you have these wonderful, inspiring messages in this community of people who are connected. So I love that people can participate, even if they're not um, necessarily right where you are. But this tour sounds really fascinating. Is it, uh, where can we learn more about it or where are you going? Sure. So I'm actually putting together the tour right now. We're doing a whole tour around Fashion Week. And we're following Fashion Week. It's going to New York, London, and then to Paris. And we're redefining what health and beauty looks like in each city, which I'm incredibly excited about. Um, because it is the one week where I remember specifically in college going through media and digesting all of these fashion models and the green juice diets that now take over social media mm. during Fashion Week and what the models are eating during shows. So we're going to hit our social media with these awesome pictures of really happy community people, inspiring thought leaders in each community, um, practicing yoga with their shirts off and being like, yo, we know Fashion Week is going on, but <laughs> this is the real deal right here. That is amazing. Um, My goosebumps have goosebumps. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's going to be my my little project going on this year. And if anyone wants to follow what's going on, they can go to toplessyoga.com. And I believe my subscription link is on toplessyoga.com. But if not, they can join me on mykindoflife.com. And if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, they'll be, send out dates. But the date is also on the right side of my website on topofyoga.com so people can join the initiative there or on Instagram also it's really active and fun to go through the feed and all the healthy belly selfie hashtags and connect with the people that are inspiring and sharing their pictures. I think there's a lot of synergy within that thread itself. But my Instagram handle is at my kind of life underscore em so that would be fun to connect with everyone too perfect and i'll make sure to share those links uh on the show page as well and uh, hopefully we can all stay in touch it's so exciting before i let you go uh because i'm I feel like yoga itself is such a great medium for connecting with ourselves. Uh, but I know that it can be intimidating too, partly because of the, you know, a lot of yogis are known to have, you know, they're already really fit and limber and wearing their tight clothes and all that stuff. But then also just from a meditative and, and physical standpoint, it's challenging for some people. Do you have any tips for people who are new to yoga um, about kind of getting involved yeah, get, getting involved in yoga in general, right? Yeah, exactly. So I highly recommend most people that have are beginning in yoga have had like a really crappy instructor experience. They're like, we're never going back. It was terrible. Um, I recommend that you reach out to someone that you know that practices yoga and ask them for the best teacher in their in your community so that your experience is like heaven on earth, because even a challenging class, you can 
ask them to change the poses up or let them know in the beginning of class, hey, I'm a beginner. I've never actually even done this before, but I heard you're the best and I just wanted a great experience. So I'm here to learn and be a student. And I would say, remember that everyone has a day one and persistence is what helps you stack these building blocks up to becoming, you know, how, what you would like to see. Like I've always wanted to be a yogi and I never knew what that meant. And then, you know, I kept going to these classes and then all of a sudden I'm in a handstand. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the persistence. So I would say just ask for a great instructor okay. and keep going. Wonderful. Those are such such great tips. All of this is so fascinating, and I'm going to be cheering you on. I thank you for the work you thank do. You. You're a gift to everyone around you and, and the world with your message. I just think it's wonderful. So thanks for sharing your time today. Thank you, August. I appreciate you and your work so much, too. Isn't she fantastic? I'm just I have a total like Instagram crush on her. <laughs> you can find her again at Instagram at my kind of life underscore em. And again, find both of our guests on their websites. Dr. Megan's site is greatlifegreatsex.com and Emily's is mykindoflife.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, those simple ratings and reviews really help, as do subscriptions. So um, check us out on iTunes. You can also find the show notes and my blog and all kinds of stuff. Every week on my blog, um, excuse me, on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. Thanks for being you. Thanks so much for listening. And most of all, have a beautiful girl boner embracing week.